Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. If your roof starts to leak or your floor's really squeak, you live in a money pit. Money pit. If your basement needs a pump or your place looks like a dump, you live in a money pit. Money pit. Pick up the telephone, fix up your home sweet home. I call an 888 money pit. Coast to coast and floorboards to shingles, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And we would like you to go to the phone right now and call us with your home improvement question because we know you got one. Happy fall, everybody. It's getting chilly outside. It's a beautiful time where you can work outside, you can work inside. We know there's a lot of to-dos on your list. Let's get them over onto the done side. Let us help you uh, add a check mark next to that project, which means it's complete. Mm-hmm. You don't know where to begin. You don't know what products you need. You don't know if you can do it yourself or if you need to hire a pro, call us right now. The number is 888-MONEY-PIT, 888-666-3974. Coming up in this hour of the program, as summer turns to fall, it is the perfect time of year to work on your home. And one project that needs to get done is a tune-up of your heating system. But what has to be included in that tune-up? What should the pro do that comes to your house to get that job done? How do we make sure that the system is running as efficiently as possible so that you don't pay through the nose when it gets cold and you have to fire that thing up every single day. We're going to tell you in just a bit. And also ahead this hour, we've got a great idea on how you can add a unique architectural detail to your deck, a spiral staircase. They're perfect for double level decks, even vacation homes. We're going to tell you how a spiral staircase can add pizzazz to your outdoor space. And who doesn't love the look of a nice, beautiful, rich wood floor? But the expense of installing it, well, maybe not so much. We're going to tell you about some new options, though, that are available today in laminate flooring that is just so well made today. It's virtually indistinguishable from the real thing. And one lucky caller this hour is going to get a copy of our book, My Home, My Money Pit, Your Guide to Every Home Improvement Adventure. And it is complete with advice, tips, and even suggestions on all things home improvement related, room by room, project by project, tells you how to do budgets. It's a great book. And I'm not just saying that because we wrote it. It truly is. And we'll, it'll even be graffiti-laden with our signatures. The number is 888-MONEY-PIT, 888-666-3974. Let's get to those phones. Leslie, who's first? All right, now we've got Joe on the line who's dealing with a door installation issue. Tell us what's going on. I'm replacing my walkout basement door. It's okay. the old one that was in there when I remodeled is 44 inches. The largest door that I could order now is 42 inches, so I got to fill in two inches on either on uh, combination on one side or the other. Okay, What's the best way to do that. You need to use a door expander. <laughs> it's a board stretcher. <laughs> Get a board stretcher. Widen that door out. While you're putting in a, uh, uh, is it like a regular exterior door, or it's like a Bilco door? What's the issue? Oh, it's a regular, it's a walkout basement. All right, so what I would do, listen, what I would do is this, and it's going inside a concrete block wall? That's correct. I would get uh, one by six pressure treated. 
Okay. And I would, or, or five-quarter, like you'd use for a deck, and I would line the sides of the opening with the pressure-treated lumber. That can go right against the concrete. You're going to attach that to the concrete, and then you're going to attach the deck to that. I mean, sorry, then you're going to attach the door to that, and you can shim in between. And then the trim may have to be a little wider than normal to make sure you cover that gap. And that's all there is to it. Do I use, like, Tapcons to fasten it, or do I want to, do I want to glue and use Tapcons? Tapcons would be perfect. It, it, you know, it uh, just basically has to hold the door vertically, and that'll be fine. Okay. That's one of your favorite screws to use, right, Leslie? Well, I just like the <laughs> attachment pieces that come with it. Good. And they, they really do. And you know what I found when using a Tapcon in like a brick or, you know, in the proper application of stone, sometimes, and I've seen people take some wire and they sort of fold the wire in half and put that into the hole, and then you drill in and the wire sort of becomes like an additional anchor. I've seen all sorts of weird stuff with Tapcons. I find them fascinating. Leslie's a hardware fan. I am. <laughs> <laughs> sounds, sounds All right, good. Joe. Well, I hope that helps you out. Good luck with that project. Yep. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Penny in Michigan, you've got the Money Pit. How can we help you today? Yeah, I have a question. Uh, we live in the woods, and we have moss growing on our roof. Okay. And I think it looks pretty nice, but my husband thinks we need to get it off. What's your verdict? Why does your husband think you need to get it off? He thinks it's damaging the shingles. Well, if it gets really, really thick, it can lift the shingles up and possibly cause leaks, but it's mostly a cosmetic thing. Really? Yes. Well, I'm so glad to hear that. So we can just leave it and let it look nice and pretty. You can, as long as it doesn't get too terribly thick and, you know, start to grow under the shingles. Because then, again, it could, you know, it's going to hold water against them, and that's going to sort of work its way into the roof sheathing, and that could cause rot. So a little bit is okay, but if it gets to be really thick... Then I would treat it with a mildicide, and you could do that simply with a bleach. Yeah, bleach mm-hmm. and water solution uh, works bleach fine. Water. Yep, exactly. Okay, well, thank you so much for your help. I appreciate it. You've settled, You're welcome, settled Penny. an argument. <laughs> All right. Well, we're happy to help. The number is one eight 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 Money Pit eight 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 six 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 three nine seven four. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Now you can call in your home repair or your home improvement question 24 hours a day, 7 days a week at 1-888-MONEYPIT. 888-666-3974. Up next, do you have a second story raised deck or are you thinking about building one? If so, the very best way to access that upper level is with a spiral stair. They take up the least amount of room and they are easy to install. And most importantly, well, they look really cool. We're going to tell you about the latest in do-it-yourself spiral stairs after this. Pit is brought to you by Isonine. If you're building, remodeling, or re-insulating, demand Isonine spray foam insulation. Isonine fills the spaces other insulations miss for up to 50% energy savings. Learn more and find a dealer at Isonine.com. I-C-Y-N-E-N-E.com. 
Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And we want to hear from you. So give us a call at 888-MONEY-PIT because one lucky caller that we talked to on the air this hour is going to win a signed copy of our book, My Home, My Money Pit, Your Guide to Every Home Improvement Adventure. And it's really just like getting our radio show in a little portable package. It's got great advice, information, and tips in there. And you can keep it in your do-it-yourself library and refer to it often. I know I do. I love it. I think we did a great job on it, Tom, and I'm just patting <laughs> ourselves on the back, and I want you guys to get a copy of this. So pick up the phone, call 888-MONEY-PIT, ask your home improvement question, and get your prize. 888-666-3974. Well, have you had a bit of deck envy this summer? You know, decks can add instant value and lots of enjoyment, but if you want to have one that has an upper level, one spot that needs special attention is the selection of the staircase. You know, wooden staircases can take up a ton of room, and they also need a lot of maintenance or even replacing every five years or so, and that's why a much better option is to install a metal spiral staircase. Mm-hmm. You know, a metal staircase, it's going to be very low maintenance. They certainly are beautiful, and they can absolutely withstand the elements. If you want to see examples of some really beautiful metal spiral staircases, take a look at those that are made by the Iron Shop. Now, metal spiral staircases from the Iron Shop can be as simple or as elegant as you like, and the standard kit provides everything that you need to install your spiral staircase, including all of the fasteners, and it really does have some easy-to-follow instructions. They offer both aluminum or dipped galvanized steel staircases, and both work especially well where traditional wood stairs don't, you know, like humid environments, say if you've got a beach house or a lake house. The Iron Shop Spiral Staircases, they even come in kits with an instructional DVD, so you can install the staircase yourself and feel super proud that you did. If you want some more tips on spiral staircases, visit ironshop.com. That's ironshop.com, 888-666-3974. Who's next? Steve in Michigan needs a hand doing some organizing. What can we do for you today? Well, I'm doing a, a Gladiator garage wall panel system. Okay. And when you do your layout online and they ship you the material according to how many, they give you how many screws you need for how many wall panels you're putting up. Okay. Well, I got 44 boxes of wall panels. We just started it tonight, and I can already tell that in an eight-foot section, you got either seven rows, and it says to put a screw in every slot on every stud. Okay. So you're going to be eating up 28 screws per eight-foot panel. And you don't have enough. Yeah. Is that, is that the correct? Am I reading it right, I guess? With that type of a system, you do need to put a screw in every stud location. And the reason they want you to put it in every slot is because basically every square foot of that gear wall has to be sturdy enough to hang whatever you want to hang on it. And I'm sure, I don't know what it's rated for, but I know it's a lot. And so they don't want to take a chance on you having to hang something where you don't have it attached to a stud, and then the the thing pulls out and something falls down. Now, if you don't have enough screws, I mean, you can just go out and buy deck screws. I read that, yep. And those are not expensive. I mean, go out and buy yourself five pounds of deck screws and just, you know, use a drill driver so that you're not doing it by hand. Uh, and drive it in and have it be nice and solid, then you don't have to worry about it. Okay. I just wanted to make sure I put enough screws in. I didn't want anything falling off the wall. That's the idea. Yeah, that's a beautiful system. Good luck with that project. Let us know how it comes out. I sure will. Thank you so much for your time. You're welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. Phyllis in New York needs some help with a pedestal sink. Tell us about the project. 
Well, we have a pedestal sink that we had installed, okay. and I want to change the hardware. We have copper faucets, and I want to change it to chrome. And okay. There's two two brackets that support the sink that's onto the wall. Mm-hmm. There's not much room to get behind to take out the old hardware and put in a new chrome mm-hmm. hardware. Is there any way that we could do it without taking the sink off the wall? Well, you can, but, uh, you know, again, it's a really tight space, as you've discovered. Um, there are some different types of uh, wrenches that plumbers have that allow you to kind of get into tight spaces like that, and they sort of add special extensions and lengths uh, to be able to get in around the piping and remove those bolts, the, nut, the nuts that hold the faucets on. Um, but that's why you hire a plumber, because they've got, you know, they charge enough to buy all those tools. You doing it yourself, uh, you may find it's a bit more frustrating. Oh, well, I just want to say I listen to you every Saturday on my radio station, WGVA 1240, and there's a lot of people that call in with something that I say, oh, I need to know about that, <laughs> and I, I really listen very closely then. So right. it's, it's good to have your show on. Well, thank you very much. Very kind of you to say, and good luck with that project. George in Pennsylvania is calling in with an interesting project. George, you live in an old church? I uh, live in a building that used to be a church. That is correct. Very cool. How old is the building? Uh, The building was built in 1894. That sounds very, very cool. So you've got a lot of uh, home improvements to uh, tackle with that place, don't you? I have not been. uh, I have not been lacking of things to do. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, which one can we help you with? Okay, uh, the bell tower, which is still there, and the bell is still there, and the roof over the bell tower is kind of an octagonal uh, framed structure with right. uh, shingled roofing, and two of the panels are just basically rotting away from okay. you know, years of use, uh, misuse, rather, or, or yeah. neglect. And uh, I- I'm wondering how the best way to repair this. Okay, well, I mean, first you've got to get up there, and, and uh, short of divine intervention, my friend, you're going to need a cherry picker. Uh, because it's unless you can figure out a way to build scaffold to get on up there, you need to be really at the roof level to work on this. Okay. So have you thought about how you're going to get up uh, up there? Well, I, I can get up to uh, the, the roof actually has like an attic space, if you will. Over top of the bell, there's a trap door that goes up. Okay. Uh, and you can kind of get up into that attic space, sort of. And then what I was trying to figure out was a way to, from the inside, build my framed sections and set them in place and just kind of work my way around. I don't know. All right, so is the framing rotted as well as the, yeah. uh, say, the roof sheathing? Yeah, the jack, the decking uh, pieces, it's really slats. Uh, they've kind of uh, gotten in disrepair from weatherization. All right, what about the, what about the, joy, the, the rafters? I think they're reasonably intact. Okay, well then... I mean, basically what you have to do is take this apart from the outside. You can't really do it from inside, but you'd pull this, the, sh- these, the shingles off. You'd go down to the roof sheathing. You'd pull that off, and you're going to have to install new pieces of sheathing and then re-shingle it from there on up. So it's pretty much the same as doing a regular roof, except, you know, ten times more complicated because it's <laughs> up in the top of the bell tower, and right. also it happens to be eight-sided. So it's a little more tricky, but you do it the same way. So there's nothing that you have to worry about pre-building. I mean, today, if you take a good lithium-ion-powered circ swap there and the right materials, you can do it all in place. Okay.
Okay. What I would do, though, is I would make sure that you get really good underlayment under there. I mean, you're going to find that if you cover that entire tower with something like a Grace Ice and Water Shield, which is pretty flexible, and you'll really create like a roof under a roof with this, that's what I would do. I wouldn't just rely simply on the shingles themselves. I would probably put like an ice and water shield membrane under everything. You, then you can put the shingles on over that. That'll give you a really good seal. You won't have to do this again for 30 or 40 years. I don't ever want to do it again. <laughs> <laughs> you might get your way. All right, George. Sounds like a very cool house. Thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. Angelo in Comac, New York is calling in with an insulation question. What can we do for you? Hey, guys. Love the show. Thanks. Um, so just had a question. I'm um, looking to re-insulate my attic. So obviously I'm going to add new insulation perpendicular to what's, you know, to, in the attic to what's already up there. But I'm not sure how to determine whether I should remove the existing insulation or not and, you know, before I, before I go ahead. What kind of insulation do you have right now? Uh, I think it's, it's kind of almost like a... Looks like a, I guess a rock wool type. Like it's not. It doesn't look like fiberglass. It's kind of mm-hmm. beige and kind of, uh, you know, thick. How old is the house? Uh, it's probably built in the sixties. It probably is not rock wool. Rock wool would be older than that. Does it look okay. like it's compressed and sort of sunken and sagged? It's definitely. It's definitely like an inch or two below the top of the joist. Okay. Well, if it's only an inch or two, it probably has some life left in it. What you could do, an easy way to add more insulation, then, would be to use unfaced fiberglass bats. I'd probably get 8-inch bats, and I would put them perpendicular across the joists. And that will make a big difference. So you don't put it inside the joist. You don't press them down into the joist. You put them across the joist. You're going to give up a little bit of storage space by doing this, but that's the best way to get additional insulation up there, Angelo. Now, what about the space... um Putting the uh, the insulation perpendicular to that that space that's between the the existing insulation that and the new insulation is that is that yeah. okay? I wouldn't worry too much about that uh, at this point, unless you wanted to go with uh, blown in insulation, and, and if that was the case, you'd obviously be filling up filling it up on top of it. Okay, great. Which is another option for you, blown in. But again, if you do blown in, you're going to have very very little storage space up there left. Is that an issue? Is storage an issue? Um, not necessarily. No, we're, we're not really using that for storage right now. Well, you might want to consider blown in. Blown in is a real, real good way to fill in all of those nooks and crannies that you can't get bats into. And is that more expensive than you know, doing regular insulation? Uh, no, or you definitely can't do it yourself unless you're renting the machine. So it will be more expensive by virtue of the fact that you're paying for labor. But you know, otherwise, it's pretty much even, Stephen. Oh, okay, great. Oh, okay. That's, no, I didn't even think of that. You know, if you want more tips on the options, you can go to the Owens Corning website. And actually, they have a microsite called insulateandsave.com. It's got a lot of calculators and, and tips on the different options that you can go through when you're choosing insulation products. Okay, great. And, and if, I, if I do find, because uh, I did look at, a, at only a part of the attic, if, if the insulation is you know, more than an inch or two below, like if it's really kind of compressed, then, then would I remove it? Then you might want to think about pulling it out, yes. Okay. All right, great. Well, that's, uh, well, that's very helpful. I, I really appreciate that. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Up next, there's one kind of floor product that looks like wood. It can also look like tile, stone, or even bamboo, but it is a lot easier to install than all of those types of flooring. Learn what that is next. The Money Pit is brought to you in part by Aero Fastener Company, the leader in professional fastening products since 1929. The makers of the iconic T-50 staple gun, the world's best-selling staple gun, Arrow Fastener has the right tool for every application. Explore Arrow's latest product innovations at aerofastener.com. Hey, 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 money pit. 
HoneyFit is brought to you by Skills Complete Line of Routers with Soft Start Technology. You experience less kickback and better control. Pro features at a DIY price. That's what the Skill Routers are about. Where home solutions live. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Give us a call right now with your home improvement project at 1-888-MONEY-PIT. Well, here's a home improvement question for you. What looks like wood but is cheaper, easier to install, and more durable? Well, the answer is laminate flooring, and it can look like any wood species, but also just about like anything else you can think of. I mean, we're talking stone, marble, even concrete. In fact, I've got a laminate floor in my kitchen. It's been down for... uh, probably close to 20 years now, that looks like a slate floor. And mm-hmm. it's beautiful, and it's very difficult to tell the difference between it and real slate. That's right. You know, it looks believably so much like these materials they're trying to replicate, and they do so well. So to, here to tell us about the benefits of laminate flooring is Nate Poe from Lumber Liquidators, who loves flooring just as much as we do. Welcome, Nate. Thank you guys for having me. How are you? We are great. Thank you so very much for joining us. So tell us, what do you think drives this major popularity to flooring projects across the United States? It seems like something everybody wants to tackle. Do you think it's just because there's such a large amount throughout your home? Well, you know, I think it's one one of the most visible aspects of your home, and it's something that you can upgrade relatively easy. You know, it's not as messy, say, as painting. It's definitely not as labor-intensive as gutting a bathroom. So it's something that you can make a real design change in your home and bring, you know, a new look, a new feel to the home. Um, And when you use a laminate floor, you can do it, you know, basically design on a shoestring budget. Mm -hmm. Well, for those who don't know, what exactly is a laminate floor? What, What is it really made of? That's a great question. You know, laminate is not real wood, and that's one thing to remember. Laminate, uh, before the more modern era of, of, of man-made laminates, laminate denoted a product that was made with multi-layers glued together. Um, today, we would call that an engineered. So an mm-hmm. engineered wood, if, you know, if, if your listeners are out there shopping for flooring, um, either lumber liquidators or somewhere else, and they're, they're looking at a product and it says it's engineered. That means that it's a layer of real wood on a plywood base or perhaps a, a fiber core base. And when you look at a laminate, a laminate is, uh, again, in the modern definition of it, a laminate is not real wood. It's a photocopy of wood on a compressed fiber base. And unlike laminate countertops, uh, laminate flooring is actually far, far, far more durable. Absolutely. Um, you know, most... Uh, all the, the uh, laminate floors that we carry have an aluminum oxide finish on them, and it's that aluminum oxide finish that makes them so durable. And that's actually what they make sandpaper out of, correct? Yeah, they make sandpaper out of aluminum oxide. They make drill tips out of aluminum oxide. So you know it's tough stuff. Now, areas that laminate floor might be a good choice for include the kitchen and the bathroom, right? And that's a place where you, you couldn't really put hardwood floor down, or at least not solid hardwood. Absolutely. You know, it's a great choice for a kitchen. Um, for a bathroom, it's, it's okay. I, I would always urge, you know, customers to, to consider how much moisture you're getting on there because um, because of its fiber core construction, it's moisture resistant, but it's never waterproof. So if you've got a bunch of uh, sloppy shower takers in the house, maybe not a good choice. <laughs> you know, if you've got little kids in the house and you're going to put them in the tub, Kids splash around, uh, right. you know, a stone, something like that, or even a vinyl may be a better choice. But in a, you know, a powder room or a guest bathroom, laminate's a fantastic choice and can give you a wood look somewhere where you could not put, you know, a solid hardwood. You're absolutely right there. 
We're talking to Nate Poe. He is one of the experts from Lumber Liquidators about laminate flooring. Now, how do you clean laminate, Nate? I mean, there's an awful lot of products on the market to clean floors, but there's so many, it becomes very confusing. Can you make it real simple for us? Absolutely, and and I think you bring up something that very interesting there. That there are a lot of different cleaners and gadgets out there these days. You know, you turn on the TV at night, and there's the steam cleaner and the, you know the bristle cleaner, all these things. Um, the real key to keeping your laminate floor is is keeping it free of dirt and grit, and keeping it relatively dry. You mm-hmm. never want to wet clean that. So when I when 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 we have customers call and say, "Can I use you know one of these new steam mops on it?" We have to say, "Absolutely not." Um, when you use a steam cleaner on a laminate, you're injecting moisture between the planks of that floor and can oh, cause so it's getting the, right the system underneath. to fail. Exactly. Wow, that's um, interesting. So, so you want to make sure, again, what I recommend is, um, you know, day-to-day, keep it free of dirt and grit, you know, vacuum or, uh, you know, a Swiffer is okay. Um, and then you know, once or twice a month or more frequent if you need it, uh, a light cleaning with, you know, um, there's a lot of great cleaners on the market. You never want to use like an oil cleaner, like no Murphy's oil soap on there ever. Okay. But you want to lightly mist it on and then mop it up. And that's really all the cleaning that you'd ever need on it. Now, the other thing that's great about laminate floor is the installation is really super easy. All of the, the boards lock together and the system, the entire system really just floats, Correct. Correct. It's not nailed or glued to the subfloor. Now, Tom, you mentioned you had installed a laminate quite some time ago. I'm assuming yeah. that you had glued the edge glued those pieces together. Is that right? I got to tell you something. When I I was sort of the first kid on the block to try this stuff out because we were, you know, we always heard about it early. And um I was impressed with its durability, but I was not impressed with how difficult it was to install. I had to use band clamps and strap clamps and <laughs> glue every piece together and then clamp it up, wait for it to dry, move on the next piece. I said, "This is great stuff." but I can't really see anybody installing it, you know, that doesn't have like, you know, three days to get it done. But now, of course, that whole system has changed where there really is no glue required. It all kind of snaps together like a puzzle piece. Absolutely. And, you, you know, you said it exactly right. We've come a long way. And um, it, what I always tell customers, um, you know, from the most amateur do-it-yourselfer to the most experienced carpenter, this is easy to put in. Um, you don't need a ton of tools. You don't need a full carpenter's workshop. You know, you're talking about, you know, a jam saw, uh, a circular saw or a table saw, and a tapping block, pulling bar, and, and, a, and a mallet or a hammer. And that's pretty much all the tools that you need. I'd always certainly recommend some knee pads. <laughs> mm-hmm, that's true. <laughs> And for all the product that you need, head on over to uh, LumberLiquidators.com. Nate Poe, thanks so much for stopping by and and filling us in on the the basics about laminate floor. It's a really great product. I've I've used it, as I said, for many, many years, and I brought three kids up on this floor. And i got to tell you, it looks as good today as the day I put it down. They're they're built to last and and great looking floors. They can give you a wood look without uh, you know without breaking the bank. So Tom Leslie, thank you guys so much for having me on. For more information on laminate floors, you can head on over to lumberliquidators.com, where you can reach them by calling eight hundred hardwood. That's eight hundred hardwood. All right. Well, it's hard to believe, but it's already the time of year to be thinking about your furnace. And I do love the smell of the first time that you fire up your heating system. It makes me so <laughs> You must be the only one. Most just, people think that means their house is going to catch on fire. Oh, gosh. No, I love the smell of heating. <laughs> I know that's crazy, but I do enjoy the autumn. So this is my favorite time of year. And we're going to share some advice on what you should be doing now to keep your furnace purring all winter long. You live in a body pit.
The Money Pit is brought to you by ODL's Add-on Blinds. Enclosed behind tempered glass, they eliminate the need for dusting and exposed cords, both problems with traditional blinds. Plus, they easily install over your existing entry glass. Visit www.odl.com to learn more. Where home solutions live. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Give us a call right now at 1-888-MONEYPIT. You will get the answer to your home improvement question and a chance to win our book, My Home, My Money Pit, your guide to every home improvement adventure. And speaking of home improvement adventures, how would you like to win a home improvement makeover, a home decor makeover uh, performed by one of the most famous and talented Home improvement. Who is that? Radio host decorators <laughs> in the entire country. That's right. Leslie is going to be doing a makeover for one lucky Money Pit listener that wins the Facebook contest being done by the mm-hmm. folks over at Arrow Fastener. So you can go to their page at facebook.com slash Arrow Fastener and enter the contest. And if you win, Leslie will redecorate, redesign an entire room for you in your Money Pit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really exciting. I think Arrow is going to be looking for some pictures. They want to hear your story, what kind of room you want to make over, why you don't like it, what you need. And then the lucky winner, you're going to get so sick of me because I'm going to be on the phone with you. I'm going to be talking to you. I want to know what you want in that space. And then guess what? I'm going to knock on your door and we're going to make it happen. So head on over to their Facebook page today and enter to win that contest. I can't wait to meet you guys. Well, once the cold winter weather rolls around, nothing is nicer than enjoying your family indoors while playing games and just hanging out. Now, that's all great, except the more time you spend indoors, the more susceptible that you may be to indoor allergens. And that's why this time of year, it's very important to change that furnace filter regularly. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people right now are saying, what? Furnace filter? I didn't I know I had a furnace filter. <laughs> <laughs> yes. If you've got a furnace, you have a filter. And it's going to be located in the main return grill near the furnace or inside the furnace near the blower. So you got to do a little bit of investigating and then you'll find out exactly where it is. And what you want to do is remove the old filter and replace it with the most efficient type that you can find for your system. Because the more efficient the furnace filter is, the more particulates it's going to remove from the air. Then you install the new filter by making sure the arrow, which indicates airflow, points toward the blower. Now, most furnace filters should be changed every month or for a more long-term solution, you can install a whole house air cleaner, which is going to constantly filter out that air every time that blower comes on and just really cycle through everything. And those filters only need to be changed once a year, correct? They're sort of like these... Medias that look like accordions, and they're just you know a ton of fabric, a ton of material. They really grab everything, even you know super super teeny tiny viral particulates. So make sure you change those filters, folks. And besides breathing easier, well, you'll have a lot less dust in your house, and it'll be easier to clean. Pat in Texas is calling with a decking question. What can we do for you? Hi. Um, well, I've got actually I've got porch on the front and back of my house. I got the length of my house. And they are, my husband refuses to let me paint them. Okay. <laughs> and so uh, I'm, I can use a pressure washer on them to clean them up, but it, they still, they get really looking bad really quickly. And so I was hoping y'all could t- give me an idea on something I could use to clean them, some kind of product I could use to clean them and maybe stain them where it wouldn't be painted, but it would still look better than that bare wood. Sure. I mean... First of all, what are they kind of dirty with now? They have sort of like a mossy, mildewy kind of look to them right well, now? Well, that, but uh, part of the problem is we have dogs. 
Okay. Um, uh, my husband raises dogs, and we have dogs running around, and, and we live in black clay, and so, you know, it gets dirty. It gets everywhere, yeah. All right, so what you're going to need is a siding wash product. You can use OxyClean, or you can use Jomax, and you mix these up with bleach. You apply them, you let them sit, you scrub them a little bit and rinse them off. They do a really good job of brightening up raw wood and making it nice and clean. Now, you're going to have to keep the dogs away during this process because you've got to let it dry really, really well. The next thing you're going to do is you're going to add an oil-based primer, and you're going to prime all of those wood surfaces. And on top of that, you can use a solid color stain. And the solid color stain is going to adhere to the primer because that's what primers do. They're the adhesives that make the stains and the finishes stick. But they're going to see the grain come through it. And so it has a nice, it'll have a nice look to it, but you'll have plenty of uh, plenty of stain on there to give you a good color, good solid, even color mm-hmm. for the long haul. A nice adhesion, and it's going to be very durable. It'll be okay, a lot easier to maintain. That's good. Yeah. And now, that, is there a particular kind of uh, primer I need to get? Yeah, I would stay in the same family. So it depends on what type of uh, exterior stain you choose, but I would stay within the same manufacturing family. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, that's great. I appreciate it. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Well, being neighborly is usually a good thing, unless it's the gift of unwanted water from your neighbor's gutters. When we come back, we're going to help a listener solve that problem after this. You live in a money pit. The Money Pit is brought to you by Bostitch. Professional quality hand tools, pneumatic and cordless nailers and staplers. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Hey, do you want to know the best way to inspect your home for storm damage after Mother Nature comes calling? Well, go to our website, moneypit.com, and simply search Home Inspection for Storm Repair. It was the most popular article, i got to tell you that, the week after Hurricane Irene. (laughs) And every successive storm... Uh, people have find, seem to find that uh, quite easily on Google. And uh, there's a lot of good tips there and also um, information on how to not get ripped off if you hire a contractor after a storm rolls through because mm-hmm. there's these contractors out there that we call storm chasers. They like to chase the, chase the storms around the country, and uh, they're not very nice people. We'll tell you how to avoid them. Yeah, they're looking to take advantage of people at this, you know, at the time when you're dealing with the cleanup and the aftermath. So stay informed. And you know what? While you're online, if you've got any questions that pertain directly to your home and you don't want to call in, you can post them in the community section. And I've got one here from Deborah in Delaware who writes, we've been flooded three times in seven years. I don't think that's so bad. I've got a sump pump and six drains. Is there anything I can do besides moving our driveway slopes to the house? We're the lowest house on the block and we're thinking of raising the driveway or adding flood barriers or a second sump pump. Wow. You know, it seems like, Deborah, if you are at the downside of, of everyone's drainage on the street, you have got to figure out a way to kind of intercept that water and run it around your house. Now, there is a way to do that. It's called a curtain drain. And there are different types of curtain drains. The type of curtain drain that you might put, for example, in a lawn um, is simply one where you would have a trench that's about 12 inches wide, about 12 inches deep. You'd have uh, two or three inches of crushed gravel in the bottom of it. Then you'd have a perforated pipe. And then the the whole perforated pipe is surrounded by more gravel. And then there's like a filter cloth 
that stops the weeds from going through, and then soil and grass. So basically when it's done, you don't see it. That works great. You discharge it out to the lower side of the property. You can do the exact same thing, though, inside that driveway just simply by cutting a trough across that driveway that it collects that water on the downside and then shoots it again out the sides, into pipes, and around the house. Intercepting that water before it gets to the house is the key to making that basement stop flooding. All right, Deborah. good luck with that project. I promise you it will do the trick. Well, it's just a month or so into the school year, and if you feel like your home is already totally inundated with all the school paperwork, Leslie has a great idea on how to display and show off those school kid projects in today's edition of Leslie's Last Word. Mm-hmm. Now, every proud parent out there, you know you've got your bragging area in the house, whether it's the fridge or a little hallway that you just love to tack everything up, whether it's an art project or an A-plus on a schoolwork or, you know, any other project that the kids bring home you know i know how it is i put up everything that henry brings home and then at the end of the year take everything down file it away and start from scratch but here's a great idea that kind of gives it a stylish look you know you can install a small cafe curtain rod on any wall say in the family room or your kitchen and you can get you know cafe rods that are black and wrought iron with some nice finials you can get them simple you can get them fancy it doesn't have to cost a lot of money and what you then want to do after you attach it to the wall is get some curtain rings you know for that size of the rod that have the clips on them they're really easy to find head on over to any sort of home decorating center and then you can get both the rods and rings and the color to match any of your decor that you want and then all you have to do is clip the paper and the projects to those rings for display and if you want you can have a rod for each child in your home you can change out their projects their schoolwork it's super easy you're just clipping and unclipping them there's no tape on the wall and it's a really fun and easy way to show off your child's best work and it's going to make them feel super proud so enjoy this school year and have fun with all those projects. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Coming up next week on the program, you know, trees can add value and beauty to your home, but did you know that they can also help you cut down on your energy costs? We'll show you how you can use trees to lower those energy bills on the next edition of the Money Pit. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. Money Pit!